and welcome to Not A Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we're talking about Season 3, Episode 21, The Young and the Tactless. <laughs> is that the one with the hourglass? I don't know. Or is that Days of Our Lives? Fuck if I know, man. I don't know <laughs> shit about anything to do with daytime television. Basically, all I know about soap operas is one time when I was being babysat when I was a child, I looked up and watched someone get shot and fall into bed, and then my babysitter was like, Stop watching that! And then I wasn't allowed to play with the Legos that day. You see, my only experience with soap operas is reading about it in, like, an academic sense. Like, I read about a lot of 70s soap operas, but I don't actually know which is which, so... You know, it's very unusual here because Tass is interacting with soap operas from a really high-class perspective, whereas I'm interacting from a very low-class, like, illegal babysitting perspective. How is it illegal? Because she wasn't paying taxes on the money my parents gave her. Oh, I suppose. Technically, that is illegal. See? Wait, what was weird about that? It's illegal? No, 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 no. The bit that it was low culture for you and high culture for me. Oh, because you're, uh, you know, a, a trash panda. <laughs> so next week we're going to have a new co-host because Matthew's fired. <laughs> Why don't you read the episode description right, instead of lambasting me for this, making fun uh, of you? This trash panda is about to read the episode description. <laughs> So, the young and the tactless. Woody Harrelson plays a rude neighbor whose obnoxious behavior is really getting to grace. That's it. That's the whole episode description. Oh, we're not even going to mention Karen's mother-in-law? Yeah, so there's no mention of the goiter. But uh, Karen's mother-in-law is in this episode. She's played by an actual Keebler elf. (laughs) Seriously, though, this woman is a very high-pitched voice. Like, she's a perfect, formidable match for Karen. And one hot tea, please. Oh, my God. Let's talk about Woody Harrelson first, since he does get, like, name billing. Okay. So Woody Harrelson essentially plays, like, a man-child from my... Like, that's the best way I could describe yeah. him. Is like... And it all starts because he um, takes Grace's uh, wet laundry out of the dryer and puts his in mm-hmm. and just leaves her wet laundry And on unlike top. when this usually happens, it's totally not Grace's fault. Yeah. He actually, like, took her laundry out and put his in without, like... Waiting forever and ever. Right, like hers was not dry yet. It wasn't right. like she left it in the dryer after the dryer cycle ran. Like he right. just cut into her dryer time. Which rude. Very rude. Like literally, like at that point, there is so much he's gonna have to do to get like to like zero in my book. Mm-hmm. That's one of the most egregious sins is taking someone's laundry out of the dryer. Yeah, don't do it, man. Don't Especially do in it. an apartment complex situation. Yeah. I, I've lived in several apartment complexes, and that is very, very rude. It, it, it's one thing if you take it out and the laundry is dry and you put it in their basket. It's an entirely different thing if you take it out in the middle of the spin cycle and you know for a fact that they had to pay quarters for it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's bullshit. Yep. Do not do that. If you do that, if you're one of those offenders, don't listen to us anymore because I hate you. Yeah, get out. Get out. Also, Grace is like the president of the condo association now. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Like, we haven't talked about that in a while, but Grace is technically the president of the condo association. So that's so, like a bad move. So, like, that seems like a stupid thing to do to, like, piss off the president, but that is not mentioned in this episode, so. Anyways. Anyways, she gets information from Mr. Zamir, who, for people who watch uh, How I Met Your Mother are aware that this is Rajit, the limo driver. <laughs> um, he literally looks at her and he's like, I was thrown out of my country for informing on one of my neighbors. And then he's like, but God bless America, it was the guy in 12C or whatever <laughs> Like, and it's, it's beautiful. So she goes upstairs to confront Woody Harrelson, the man-child, and he's living in what is essentially the nice Will and Grace apartment turned into a frat house. Mm-hmm. And, and he's making a mixtape for his ex-girlfriend. A metal mixtape, like a death metal mixtape. Because his ex-girlfriend, Vicky, broke up with him and he 
for being like aimless and like yeah. unmotivated. And so his response is, I'm going to make a death metal mixtape. I put off admitting to myself that this was a romance plot for Grace mm-hmm. for a long time in this episode. Yeah. And I'm still objectively not willing to accept it. It's bad, you guys. Like so Clearly that's what they're going for. Yeah. So basically they keep having the two of them butt heads throughout the episode over ex- increasingly silly things. Right. And like basically it just it's it's not a good plot for no, Grace. No, it's it, not. Like Matthew said before we started recording, it just makes her come across as really desperate and thirsty. Yeah. Cuz she keeps, you know, he keeps like saying things to her like Oh, well, at least I'm not, you know, living in my apartment with my gay best friend. Right. Alone or something. And she's like, I'm going to take that as an apology. But then the next scene, there she is again. You know? Yeah. It just, she keeps, like, he keeps challenging her in an offensive, rude way. And she keeps taking that as, like, okay, why does this upset me? Maybe I should go flirt with him. Like, Yeah, like, it doesn't... Two things that do not follow from each other. It sort of feels like... They're trying to do the plot where Grace is a wild horse and he is somehow taming her by being very mean to her. And you know what? It's 2017. We could just stop doing Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. Like, and I mean, I understand that this episode was 2001, but we could have stopped doing Taming of the Shrew then too. Like, sorry. What's 16 years difference? I mean, really? Like, I mean, Taming of the Shrew made for a wonderful film called 10 Things I Hate About You, but that was, I think, the last one. I think we're done now. We've done, we've done it. That's it. We're done. I think someone should just rewrite Taming of the Shrew to just have the plot of 10 Things I Hate About You, but in Elizabethan times. Ooh, I would go see that. I would see that. But yeah, so like, <laughs> it just, it doesn't make sense. This guy is gross and the worst. It was sort of like, I don't know if any of you guys remember other television from the early 2000s, but like, there was this one TV show that was called like, My Big Fat Obnoxious Fiance or something. <laughs> and like, the whole show is this woman trying to dupe her family into believing that she's marrying this big fat obnoxious guy. Don't tell me. They fall in love? No, they don't actually, because oh. it's revealed he's an actor the whole time. And it's like <laughs> a whole thing. But like, um... But anyways, like, it, it just, it felt like this guy was, like, playing this. Like, Woody Harrelson was just objectively being really weird and gross and basically playing Hamish from The Hunger Games, but without the, yeah. like, dystopia. And then he, like, calls Grace up, like, gets her to come to his apartment by sticking his boxers in her laundry. Which, which is weird. Gross. And so then she shows up, and then he basically tries to recycle a date on her. Right, because this whole plot is that he's trying to get his girlfriend back. He doesn't successfully do it, but then he's like, well, I spent all day talking to this backup chick. So what like, if I just reset my date and was like, hey, would you like to experience this Venetian date? Right. And Grace is like, no, this is bullshit. This is a half-used date. And then they're arguing. And then, of course, because this is sexism, they make out and she's like, okay, one date and storms off. Like, no, 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 no. Grace, you're better than this. Come on. Right. It just doesn't make sense to me. I understand that Grace is like, Looking for a man, et cetera, et cetera. Makes bad decisions, sitcom, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, this is really bad. This is... This like, is... Grace's main relationships on this show so far are her fiancé from the pilot. Danny. Danny. Her relationship with Ben. I'm mm-hmm. Ben Wyatt. Ben Doucette. Yep. And presumably this guy. Oh, and then Josh. Oh, and Josh. And in all of those relationships, Grace just, like settles for someone who doesn't fit her at all. Yeah, it's like the worst variety of settle for me. Yeah, but like, 
There's not even a compatibility issue. Like, no, none of them work for her. Yeah, so like, this is just, like, another, and, like, further to the extreme example. Like, this guy is, like, the world's most unmotivated clown. Right. And she's, like, into it? Like, I don't understand. And, like, the thing that also pisses me off is that Woody Harrelson's actually a pretty fucking good actor. Yeah. Like, they could have given him some really good material. Like, he... <sighs> Was very funny on Cheers. I've seen him in a bunch of movies. He was really good in my favorite movie, which no one has ever seen, but I've seen. He was in Friends with Benefits, the film, and he plays a mm. gay man, and it's, like, really such great. Such a good movie. It's such a good movie. And, like, he literally has the best line where he's, like, talking about, like, you know, you just got to find that guy you want to spend Saturday afternoon with, and he's, like, or or girl if you're into creepy shit like that. <laughs> like, so he just, like, he can really do humor very well. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. And so just the fact that... It, it felt, like, lazy. Like, they went, well, he's a white straight dude. What are white straight dudes like? Right. Uh, they're like a fart personified. Let's have him play a fart. And Woody Harrelson has kind of gotten pigeonholed into roles like that before. But you're mm -hmm. right. He's really strongest when he's in roles that are different. Like yeah. Friends with Benefits. Like The Hunger Games. Yeah, where he's playing, like... A variation on this role where, like, there's still some of that, like, kind of, like, swagger and a little bit of douchebaggery in there. Right. Like, he works well when he incorporates that into, like, a like a different interpretation of the character. Right. And it seems like this is it boiled down to its most boring, farty essence. And I just don't care. Like, I just, yeah. I don't. It doesn't make sense for Grace. It just doesn't make sense. And, like, it really pisses me off because, spoiler alert, he doesn't go away. Well, the thing He's is that it, for a while. it feels like a setup for Woody Harrelson to come back because... Woody Harrelson's kind of at, like, just the right level of fame where, like, this isn't just a one-off gig. They mm -hmm. leave it open-ended. Like, yeah. so, I mean, what terrible things do I have to look forward to? Like, is this, like, the rest of the season? He could... I can't tell you, but he's there. Ugh. I'm sorry. I just... Like, I like Woody Harrelson. But his, char his character, whose name is Nathan, by the way. Oh, yeah. Also was never revealed what his character's name was. Yeah, it's revealed in a later episode. His character's name is Nathan. Ugh. Um, is just icky and we don't like him. So yeah, that's Grace's plot for the week is Grace does laundry and it leads to a, you know, an unfortunate love connection. Great. Awesome. Way to go, Grace. Good job, Grace. Should not have done laundry. Should have looked like a cowgirl all episode. Should have just bought some new underpants. <laughs> I've been there, girl. Let's talk about uh, the other plot in this episode. Okay. So this week, the Karen is not really in the episode this week because instead of Karen... Will and Jack gets to hang out with Karen's mother-in-law. Yes. So we get a little taste of Karen. Yeah, it's it's definitely a Karen-esque plot. Uh, because it involves kind of a fish out of water, almost. Like someone who's very different than the people she's around. Mm -hmm. But like taken to a new extreme. Yes. So it, it starts with Karen arriving to um, complain that she's been landed with the goiter, which is what she calls her mother-in-law. And she's just going on about how she's like the dragon lady and she hates her. And right. It just, it and she's admittedly, at first, a very sweet old lady. Yes. So when she arrives to um, Will's apartment, claiming it is government housing. Right. Um, they're very like, really, Karen? This is the dragon lady? Like, what the fuck? Like, this she's is, just like sitting on their couch minding her own business. a tiny old woman clasping at her purse, being <laughs> like... Oh hello, dear. Like she's basically like a like a pocket-sized version of Mrs. Doubtfire. Like right. she seems very non-threatening, and so Karen like is like, yeah, you're right, you're right. Maybe I should try and make nice with her, and then immediately disappears <laughs> and just ditches them, which is unfortunate because Will and Jack have tickets, tickets? question mark to the opening night of this club called the Atom Bar. Right. Okay, so Matthew and I have a question for New York gays. Is that a thing? I feel like it could be for an opening 
of a bar, but probably isn't. I just mean, I've been to the opening of a bar before, and like... There's... Usually you get your name on a list. Right, it's not like a ticketed event. Anyways, so that was weird, but especially because they only have two tickets, but somehow they managed to get this woman in. So, I mean, like... I mean, they probably just put her in their pocket. Plot holes abound. <laughs> I suppose she would have fit in their pocket. Men's pockets are incredibly roomy. Also, like, if I saw two guys come up to the bar, like, and it was happening, ha- happening, 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 gay bar, and they were like, two, please. Oh, also, this old woman. I'd be like, you know what? You've clearly got a lot going on. Sure, let there's, the old lady in the bar. There's something happening in your life that you've got to bring this old woman with you, so... That's fine. All right. So they, we'll, we'll give her a good time. So, like, they bring this... They bring Karen's mother-in-law to the gay bar, and they're both kind of pissed. They're like, we can't really get our swerve on. Jack is not... Well, Jack is, is, not, is not hindered at all, <laughs> but Will is, like, stuck babysitting her. Right. So he's unhappy. So he pulls Jack over. He's like, we've got to get Karen to come pick her up. And so Jack's like, well... Why don't you call her garter phone? <laughs> and he's like, "What?" And she's, he's like, "Yeah, Karen has a garter phone." So then Jack for emergencies. Yeah. So then Jack calls it, and Karen answers the phone. Karen Walker's panties, which is, <laughs> I want to start answering my phone that way. That's a great idea. It's a good, it's a good opener. I'm gonna do that, and it'll be like, "Um, hi, I'm calling about this job you applied for," and I'll be like, uh, "Wrong number." <laughs> Sorry, wrong number. <laughs> um, but so she answers it and like Will utters a lovely, beautiful line, which is get your gin soaked ass and your vodka soaked limo to pick up your tea soaked mother-in-law. <laughs> and Karen naturally does not do this. So then Will still suck babysitting kind of like gives her his whole woe is me. I'm the perks of being a Will flower speech. Like <laughs> I, Jack is over there having fun and I just want to go on a date and I haven't found anyone and la la la. And she gives advice, which is not great advice, but... It's great advice. It's just not good execution. Because she basically says, like, nothing's going to change for you unless you change. Which, like, the way it's I phrased it there is not quite accurate. But, like, basically she's like, if you're just going to stand here by yourself, right. then you're going to be by yourself. And in order to not be by yourself, you have to get out there right. and do stuff. Right. So now, she, Will takes that as dating a, what, 24-year-old who yeah, works at the he, video store he used to go to? Yeah, he kind of takes the buck up and get yourself a ley line a little too seriously. Yeah. Because he immediately says yes to the first person who asked him out. Right. Like, there's not adults in the bar. It's apparently just that one 24-year-old who works at a video store again. Yeah, which, I mean, dated references, but... And then he, like, he like hits on Will by being like, next time you should remind me I'll give you a free bag of popcorn. And he's like, thanks, but I don't really need a bag of Orville Redenbacher or whatever the fuck. <laughs> like, but, like, he tries to blow him off, but then he's like, wait, change something about myself. Maybe I'll start dating children. I'll date this child. I love how we're, like, talking about 24-year-olds like they're children, where if I told you I wouldn't go out with a 24-year-old, you would shame me. If... But Will is legitimately <laughs> in his 30s. I just, there is that beautiful moment there when he's like, what, how old do you really think you are, 27? And Will's like, yes, I am 27. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty great, because I think we've established at this point that he's at least 32. At least in his 30s, yeah. So that was, But, you know, if someone in a bar is willing to call you at least five years younger than you really are, you roll with it. And then later you say... Oh, I thought you said I was such and such. And they're like, how could those possibly sound the same? And you're like, it was this loud. is my lips now. Lips on lips. on lips. Let's make out. Shh. Shh. It's quiet Shh. time now. Mm-hmm. Et cetera. Is that, is that how you kiss people? Yes, you make the noise while you're kissing them. Isn't that right? <laughs> uh, kissing aside. Kiss, yeah, so I'm, kissing is fine. Kissing is also fine for gays. 
which is not, as it turns out, something that Karen's mother-in-law is super chill with. Yeah, so plot twist. In our third act reveal, we discovered that the Keebler elf is actually, in fact, a homophobic old bat. Wah, wah, wah. Yes, so um, Will kind of, like, after he gets asked out by the 24-year-old, like, goes back to the table, and he's like, you know, I took your advice, and it was actually really good, and I, like, I got his number, and I'm going on a date. And she, like, it's like, she stops, and she, like, zeroes in on that pronoun real Like tight. a record scratch happens. Yeah, and she's just like, him? You're a Harry? <laughs> and it's like, of course, they're in a gay bar where there's just a bunch of dudes. Right. So, like, I feel like the show does a really good job of, like, establishing that it's, like, crazy that she's just realizing this. Like, right. Will is obviously gay. Jack is obviously gay. And, right. like, there's no women in this bar. Right. And so, like, then she, like, she's freaking out. She's like, I helped, I helped the fairy get a date. I'm going to hell. <laughs> and she's, like, so over the top that it's, like... It, it really hammers home that she is the butt of the joke. Is right. The thing. Like, Which is, I think, why it works so well. Yeah. Like, it's never... There's nothing about it that is ever, like, offensive to gay people, despite mm-hmm. the fact that she's hurling a bunch of homophobic slurs at them. It's it's that we're laughing because she's so ridiculous. Right. Like, the episode does an excellent job of framing it so that, like, she's clearly in the wrong. Like, she's clearly, like, the old, outdated lady who's, like, seems nice on the surface, mm-hmm. but it's ultimately, like, mean and heartless. Yeah. But, like now is actually being punished for her heartlessness yeah. by setting up Will with a date mm-hmm. and then basically getting mocked by a bunch of gay men until the episode right. ends. Like, and it's, it just continues to be beautiful because then Jack reappears at the table and she's like, are you a queer too? And he's like, I'm as queer as like... Christmas and Bloomingdale's. Christmas and Bloomingdale's, which is not even a thing I knew was queer, but I love it. And so she just completely freaks out. She's like, help, police. And she like runs out of the bar and she's got her rape whistle and she's blowing it. But then everyone at the bar is just sort of like, yeah, party whistle. Woo, 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 woo. So it's, it's, it's really beautiful because, and this is the thing that I, I'm really hoping that Will and Grace can can kind of bring this energy back into the revival. Right. Like or even just in future episodes cuz like now we know that like they can effectively do it right. in the past yeah. or in the present. Right. Like that's the thing is like we now know that they can do it. And that's always the thing that I find is like the key to making jokes about sensitive topics mm-hmm. is as long as the butt of the joke is not the disenfranchised class. Right. Like as long as it's it you can make jokes about race or homophobia or sexism as long as the joke isn't about the victims of those types of violence. Yes. It can only be about the perpetrators and yes. how ridiculous they are. Mm-hmm. And so, like, now that we've officially seen Will and Grace actually do this, I don't want to take any more of their other bullshit. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. If you try it, I won't buy it. Wow, that was very alliterative and Ooh. rhyming. Ooh, right. It wasn't alliterative at all, actually. It wasn't alliterative. It was just rhyming. I'm a liar who Math- tells lies. Matthew tells lies. So, yeah, so... Basically, the homophobic wicked witch of the West gets her comeuppance, and <laughs> it's beautiful for everyone. And we're all, excuse me, I didn't mean to get so emotional. <laughs> and we're all really glad to see her get chased out of the bar by a bunch Yay. of gay men. Yay, gays! Well, and then the runner for this episode is funny too because it has her uh, get her comeuppance further by yes. Will and Jack dropping her back off at Karen's. Yes, and so they knock on the door, being like, 
Tanqueray delivery. <laughs> and, and I love that there is Tanqueray. Yes. Like, clearly so, they've accosted the salesman or gone out and bought a full case. Right. So, like, they walk in with, like, a full dolly of several cases of gin. Yep. But the old woman is, like, riding atop, of, atop <laughs> it. And so they walk in with her, and then they disappear into a side room that we don't see. Then we hear a crash, and they walk out <laughs> with an empty dolly. So in addition to being chased out of a gay bar by a bunch of gay men, she is also assaulted with bottles of booze. <laughs> Which, you know what? I'm okay with. I really think she deserves that. That's where you draw the line. You're yeah. okay with assaulting old women as long as they're homophobes and there's gin? Yeah, yeah. You have to assault them with gin. Right. And they're a homophobe. Right. Like, okay. it can't it can't be any other combination. Right. Okay, like this they, makes sense. Yeah. You can't just be a homophobe and then you punch <laughs> them in the face. Like, no, you have to dump a bunch of gin on them. So, yeah. I, Is that why you don't like gin? Too much temptation to assault with women? No, I don't like gin because it tastes like an air freshener. Got it. <laughs> I always get those mixed up. It just tastes like pine and vodka. Vodka pine. Ugh. It's not like vodka at all. It's gin. It's literally, like, made of the same ingredients as vodka, but it has juniper in it. Instead of potatoes. You're a potato. Okay. <laughs> so all potatoes aside, that's a, I think that's all we've got for you this yeah. week. <laughs> uh, well, why don't I tell everyone where they can find us on social media and, and, and recommend some gin recipes for us for cocktails. That sounds great. Why don't you do that? <laughs> so the best place to recommend is on our Twitter page. Uh, you can find our Twitter at notacoupleshow. Is that right? Um, you can also send us an email at notacouplepodcast at gmail.com. Um, other places to find us are on Facebook, on Medium, where we post our show notes. Uh, you can also find us on Tumblr, and we post our episodes on iTunes and Podbean. Yay! So thanks so much for listening. Um, make sure if you assault old women that you only use gin. And uh, make sure that you don't have unfortunate romances with your slobby neighbors, because... Because they suck. They suck, and they probably smell bad. And they'll probably come back over and over again until finally the new season starts, and Mm -hmm. then they don't get their contract picked up. Yeah. I don't know what the real world equivalent is for that. A hurricane? Maybe. Tornado? All right. Well, thank you guys so much for (laughs) listening. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. This week's episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Wow. This week's episode was brought to you by Woody Harrelson's Date Recycling. Got an old date lying around that you tried and failed to use? Well, call up Woody Harrelson's Date Recycling and we'll refresh your apartment so that you can try with date number two. 